Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Well, we're back. Uh, we're having another show today. My name is Jim Thomas, and I'm uh, the host of uh, The Secret Sauce Show, part of the uh, Workforce Show. And uh, I'm pleased today to um, have another awesome guest. I'm, I'm here with Hector, Vele- uh, Hector Velez. He's Chief Operating Officer at Vector uh, Talent Resources, and I'll get into that in a minute. But I want to share with the audience uh, sort of the little bit of the background of the show. As, as you know, the Secret Sauce Show is is all about uh, bringing distinctive individuals forward and having them talk about their outstanding, successful careers. Not to suggest that they haven't had missteps along the way, because we all have, but the reality is they've continued uh, to um, go forward on their successful journey. And I think that at the bottom or the base of that, there's um, uh, individuals have really repurposed their lives around their purpose and have taken that um, uh, forward uh, in a way that's um, kept them uh, going on the path that they're supposed to be on. Uh, some of us along the way don't stay on our path, and consequently that creates you know, some challenges. But uh, for the most part, uh, many of my guests have um, had rather interesting and exciting careers, and certainly Hector has has um, had that, and we're going to get into that um, uh, very quickly. The um, you know show, as you know, is um, being broadcast uh, through WEAR 96.7 FM in Arlington, and um, it's uh, a show that... Um, Cindy Gern started some time ago, and I've been pleased to now be given my, I believe this is my 11th show, um, and um, with um, another distinguished guest. So let me get right into it. Talk, I want to talk a little bit about Hector's background, and then we're going to fire some really tough questions at him. I'm, I'm only kidding. But thank you for being here, Hector. Thank you for having me, Jim. Okay. Delighted thank to be here. Awesome. Uh, Hector, first of all, is a recognized thought leader in the field of human capital. Uh, he provides leadership, management, and vision um, necessary to ensure that Vector Talent Resources has the proper operational controls, administrative reporting procedures, and people systems to place in the effective, effectively growth uh, and grow the companies uh, and ensure financial strength and operating efficiency. And those clients that he has, I'm sure, appreciate all that he's bringing in regard to, to new talent. Um, he was also co-founder of Higher Strategy, a company he spent a number of years at. Uh, it's, it was um, and is the top-ranked staffing firm in, mid, in the Mid-Atlantic region, and it was successfully acquired by Addison, uh, the Addison Group in 2014. Um, Hector led uh, and participated in the successful design and build of the leadership teams for some of the most visionary organizations in the region. So Hector, uh, as a name, uh, I've known Hector for quite some time. I think it's going on about 15 or 16 years now. It's That's been a right. long time. Yeah. Uh, and through all that time, or a large portion of that time, he was with Higher Strategy. And um, between he and uh, Paul uh, Valela, who co-founded the company, um, it, they grew a very successful company uh, with a lot of notoriety. And I know for a fact that um, it was um, probably a little difficult to give it up after th- those number of years. Uh, but... Um, you know, now that he's um, 
carrying around these satchels of money. I think that he's, <laughs> he's okay with uh, the, the, the acquisition. But that aside, uh, he's also been involved uh, and serves as uh, the chairman of the board of SkillSource, uh, the SkillSource Group, uh, and is on the board of uh, the Northern Virginia Workforce Development Board. He's a member of the private and public sector partners who share a common goal of promoting the economic prosperity and long-term growth of Northern Virginia. He also serves on the board of, of the directors of the um, Human Resource Leadership Forum, uh, the Marymount University uh, Reston Center, uh, the Institute for Excellence in Sales, and the um, Bloomford Corporation. So he's been involved in sharing his knowledge and skills with a number of organizations who have sought him out to uh, support the growth of their organizations, and I'm sure he's, he's, um, he's um, supported them very well. Um, he also, some years ago, graduated from Rensselaer uh, Polytechnic uh, Institute, which um, is in New York City. It is actually the oldest technology institute in these United States, 1824. 1824. So it's been around for a while. Uh, got a BS in engineering. Uh, and from getting out of school, uh, he decided to move into <coughs> the, the world of finance with, um, interestingly enough, with um, between Accenture and KPMG in management um, consulting positions. Uh, he spent about, um, I'd say, 12 years. I think it was about 12 years between the two. Um, uh, and actually about seven. Then he went into technology staffing. I guess he wanted to use that um, engineering degree. But let me stop there and, and just ask Hector, that was a transition from, you know, obviously um, starting out a career in finance, um, financial analysis, and the things you did with those two companies, Accenture and KPMG, and there's some mergers in that in that group. Tell me about why you made the change. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate that intro very much. Um, so, um, so I'm an engineer by training, obviously, and uh, uh, I I began my career with KPMG and Accenture. Well, Accenture before it was Accenture, and I got that was I was in primarily IT work, full life cycle development and implementation of large scale, complex management information systems. I did everything from coding to analysis, systems design systems architecture, project and people management and business development, you know, the typical uh, stuff you do in, in a, what used to be a big five, big four consulting firm. Um, <clears throat> when I, while I was at KPMG, I was traveling about 90% of the time. And that was, that, that was rough, if you don't mind me saying. So I reached out to a, uh, a, a recruiter in the D.C. area, in D.C., and I said to the recruiter, you know, please get me out of this rut. This uh, travel is uh, it's just excessive. I want it to be in D.C. I want it to be with my wife, for that matter. Uh, I was a newlywed at the time. Um, so I went out on a few interviews, and uh, I came out of the interviews pretty much disenchanted. Uh, it was like, same old, same old. Um, I've always had a, an entrepreneurial bend to my makeup and I just thought that you know I didn't find those jobs in IT management that compelling vis-a-vis what my core my core values or my core interests are or even motivational makeup or skills so after a lot of some soul searching and job searching you know this recruiter Pose the question, Hector, would you like to be a recruiter, a technical recruiter? And I'm like, hmm, 
I said, my reaction was, I would love to. Interesting. Yeah, I know. It just became natural when he said it. I, I just, I, I had always been a fan of what they did. Mm. I, I, as a, an employee, a hiring manager, I was one of those, if you don't mind me saying, rare types that return their phone calls every time, uh, no matter what, because I knew they could help me in, in now or in the future. I understood the value of what they did. And I actually, it's career advice I give to everyone. You know, no matter who it is, it's in your interest to maintain relationships with people in general, but people in the recruiting industry. So um, I took a leap and I became, uh, this was, gosh, 23 years ago, I worked what they call a desk. I was a technical permanent placement executive search recruiter. And I fell in love with the business from day one. Uh, I love the uh the, uh, the the people aspect of it, the, the the sales element of it, but not so much about selling or closing, but creating a win for two entities. And uh, um, and uh, the business changed my life personally, professionally, and financially. Um, and I think my background in engineering and IT didn't go to waste because I think it allowed me to bring more of a consultative approach to the business versus a traditional sales-oriented or headhunting approach. It was more consultative. I had a, I still have a genuine interest in technology and sure. business, and I can trans- translate that as I deal with candidates and and employers. <clears throat> So we built that firm to be the top-ranked staffing firm in this region for three consecutive years. Then we went through an IPO in 1996, and then in a sale in 1998 to another company called K-Force. Right. Actually, that was not even the original name. Um, then um, um, we parted ways with K-Force at the uh, my you know two friends and I at the end of 1998 and lay load for a year because of non-compete agreements and then launched higher strategy on New Year's Day 2000. So how did you meet Paul? Was he involved with uh, K-Force at some point in time? Uh, Paul was my recruiter. Okay. And, okay. I, you know, he may not remember this, but I did reach out to him as early as 1992. Wow. He was the one who got me into the business and taught me the business. And he knows the mechanics of this business better than anyone I've ever seen. So um, so anyway, at, while at K-Force, we uh, came together and decided to start Higher Strategy on New Year's Day 2000. A good, a good decision, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think um, we, we built a great firm. Uh, I miss it, to be honest with you. Um, uh, great leadership, great management, um, innovative, you know, how we were able to blend uh, strategic marketing to create a brand that meant something in, in this market in a competitive and crowded business space. Um, you know, hire good people, you know, great training. And uh, I think the overarching theme was as we built higher strategy, and this is what I used to tell everyone that I hired and the people that I hire at my current company, my mission is to dream, think, create and develop the conditions that will allow the staff to achieve their personal, professional, and financial goals. I want to facilitate that for them. That's the key. If I'm not doing that day in, day out, I'm not doing my job. 
I'm taking responsibility to well that's you know that's a good leadership quality though you know when when one of the things that I have uh, talked to many, many leaders about over the years uh, is you know what what's your value you know what do you, what do you provide that makes a difference in other people's lives not yours because you're going to be okay but in other people's lives and and that's and and I and I like the approach that you've taken um, uh, I shared with um, someone just recently we were talking about um, this person client going through transition to get that next job. And I said, one of the things that I've always prided myself on is um, trying to explain to individuals um, the work proposition, the difference between a job and a career. (laughs) And a a job is you get up after a weekend and you go to work on Monday and you think about the week. And I said, but the person who jumps out of bed Tuesday morning with the same attitude they had Monday is a person who has a career. Because the rest of the week's just, they're all, all the days are going to be exactly the same. They're really going to have the same level of interest and initiative. And they're not concerned about a paycheck as much as they are about adding value, doing the things that um, make them happy and, and grow their career where they find themselves valuable. Uh, and and that's, that's the challenge that some people have. They accept a position that affords them a salary, but does it afford them a career? And that's that can be a challenge. Right, absolutely. I think I've always believed that um, no matter what your role or title is, you, sh- you should have a strong sense of pride and ownership. And that means to not only l- look at what's in front of you, but look what's behind you, in front of you, and sideways to get a sense of what the organization is trying to do. Be aware, uh, as they say today, be woke in the workplace. Um, and I, if you care about your career, right. you know, because it, it, if it's just a job, then it's just a job. But if you care about your career and adding value professionally and personally to those around you, you need to be have a strong sense of pride and ownership. And I find that missing sometimes. Well, but you've been in the search business for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and the word search would imply that you're searching for someone with those talents right. that you can introduce to your clients. Um, what are some of the key things you look for? I know that all clients are different. You know, they have different uh, requests of you relative to types of skills and competencies they're looking for in a potential candidate. But as a a search consultant, right. a, the grand poobah of search, <laughs> uh, as I call you. How do you? Thank you. Uh, what are the what are some of the key ingredients you look for when you're searching for that uh, that right fit? Right. Um, it, you know, it's an imperfect science. People are have been trying to perfect the science of hiring for as long as I can remember, and with the advent of technology. Everyone has been trying to find a secret sauce, no pun intended, and, and a killer app to automate what is obviously an imperfect business. Um, I'm, and my, my, my mission is to make that imperfect business a little bit more perfect. Um, and when I th- think of a perfect market is where buyers and sellers have perfect information, as defined by Adam Smith in Wealth of Nations in 1775. With that definition, the job market is probably the most imperfect market of all. You have buyers and sellers making decisions with very imperfect information. So um, in terms of what I look for in candidates, um, you know, I I can be a little bit of old school. I do like – this is very simple. I do like tenure. 
when I see someone who's jumped around a lot on a resume, and I know that times have changed, so I may be a dinosaur on this, but when I see someone that has jumped, that's been on a job, gosh, let's say 10 months, and they're already looking, or less, or a year, even a year, I go like, gosh, you know, it takes me six months to figure out where the water cooler is. You must be an overachiever. you know, so um, so I look for that. I also look um, for folks that understand that leadership is not management. You know, you have a lot of people in management that think that management is leadership. Sure. And to me, there are two different things. To me, management is an administrative function. Yep. Um, I yeah, so I, I look for how they communicate, um, what they're thinking, how they think. In terms of personal attributes, sense of pride and ownership on who they are, what they do, how they do it. And I look for examples, flexibility and adaptability, and the willingness to do what it takes to succeed. I'm going to stop you right there because it's interesting. Uh, Being a career coach, one of the things I do, and I, I coach individuals who are in transition looking for that next career or job, and I also work with individuals who have positions, um, usually the director or higher level, um, some executives, and they're attempting to move forward in their career. And one of the challenges that I had <clears throat> as a career coach is the challenge that anyone has when you're a coach, but you're not with your client when they are in the field of battle, going for the interview. Uh, because, and they come back and say, well, Jim, I didn't get the job, or they're going with another you know, client or candidate. I really can't help them through that process necessarily because I wasn't there. And I know if I was just fly on the wall, I'd see things that they didn't see, and we could, I could coach them away from those perhaps uh, issues, and they'd be better prepared for, um, to compete the next time. Um, so about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, <clears throat> I went out and talked to about 83 hiring managers and recruiters, and I asked them, look, you bring people in for an interview, why don't you hire them? Because obviously the recruiters spending a lot of time to uh, identify individuals who are prepared to support the position that you want to fill. You're bringing them now to make that final judgment about whether or not they're ready for game day. And they share with me many of the things that you've just mentioned. Communications, passion, uh, loyalty, trust, um, critical thinking ability, team player. Interestingly enough... Many of those qualities, characteristics, however you want to define them, competencies, aren't on the job description. Right. Um, uh, there were a number of other characteristics that managers liked about individuals who they ultimately hired. <clears throat> there were equally as many, if not more, reasons that stopped them from hiring individuals, many of which were subjective characteristics. So that puts the potential client or candidate for a job at a disadvantage. Because unlike competing in a sport, you have all the rules written down. And if the rules change, everyone knows what the rules are. Uh, here, there might be, in the mind of the hiring manager, 20 rules, and you come prepared to handle four of them. How do you win under those circumstances? So that's part of the um, information I've collected and I uh, utilize in a presentation I give about a couple times a month. Uh, to individuals who are in transition and and all of my clients so that they are uh, better prepared to distinguish themselves in the interview process. But uh, getting back to you and what you're looking for, it sounds like clearly, like many, you're, you're looking for those individuals who have these distinguishing you know, characteristics that your 
your client would be impressed with because clearly that's how you get paid ultimately at the end of the day. <laughs> that's right. Um, is there an, are there any other characteristics that you look for? Well, if you don't mind me, um, uh, based on what you shared um, and your experience, um, I think um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of innovation to be had in this business. Um, and it doesn't have to be on the search firm side, but also internal HR and, and, and the way pe- companies and organizations go about uh, hiring and managing managing human capital. <clears throat> I, I think uh, I, I have a, an, a, an old joke which is that I came up with, which is the only people that believe in transferable skills are the people looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> because when they're hiring, they don't believe in transferable skills. Because they could interview someone that has all those what soft skills or subjective qualities we you and I talked about, but if they don't have a specific uh, technical expertise or in- industry expertise, they don't even want to interview them. And I think there's a lot of they're trying to de-risk the whole process, and in the process of doing that, they're missing out on great talent. Um, um, so, you know, Harvard, for example, has done a lot of studies on implicit bias too. And so there are a lot of, there's a lot of that also going on. And that's why I, the the job market is so imperfect because we're human and we have, no matter how analytical and evidence-based we claim to be, we have implicit biases and they could be cultural or social or, or or even professional biases so that can interfere with a, an evidence-based decision around hiring. So I like your sports analogy because I what I love about I'm a, I love sports what I love about sports is like you said the the uh, the rules of the game apply the same to everyone arguably they're crystal clear to everyone arguably the outcomes are crystal clear arguably and what it takes to be on the team or to be successful is pretty clear. Like, you know, if I can pitch a 95 miles per hour curveball or fastball right now, I wouldn't be here. I would be getting ready for spring training. If you could get it in the glove. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, so, um, so, 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 and it's ironically, I mean, and I don't mean to make a political statement, it's ironic that how American sports are you know, the most integrated endeavors in American life when you think about it. And it's because the rules are crystal clear. Now, in the corporate world, you know, we have work to do. Well, there there are vagaries that um, make it challenging for anyone entering the corporate world. Right, you know. Uh, And and that's one of the challenges that I'm sure you have, uh, trying to get inside the minds of your clients and make sure that you are of like mind and, and as accurate as possible in in defining what what the rules are. Right, exactly. Uh, because the more um, misaligned you are, the more frustrating the search process, I would think, would be. Right, right. Tell me, um, with the time that we have left, I'd like to understand why um, Vector uh, Talent Resources is uh, unique or different or um, entering a market where there are many competitors that do some similar things that Vector does. What's um, what's Vector's secret sauce? Well, um, you and know... And you have a minute to tell me, by the way, oh, in the audience. Oh, so. <laughs> happy to do that. Um, 
So I, I think, you know, because we have a full employment economy, the market is very competitive, it's crowded, it's very fragmented. So how can we differentiate ourselves in this market? You know, we could talk about our candidates, our process, our our outcomes, but I think that the great differentiator in a business like ours and any business like that is in a I hate to use the word commoditized because that's just a perception. It'll never be commoditized, but it's perceived. Is to migrate value from the product itself onto the way in which it is acquired, i.e. the customer experience, I call it. So if we bring certain basic elements to the way we operate and work with our customers, being, you know, value-add, responsiveness, accountability. I know it seems basic stuff, but I call it like the Starbucks customer experience. You can buy coffee anywhere, but you still go to Starbucks because of the experience. So at Vector, we're trying to create that environment that you can buy staffing services in many, many places, but you choose to work with us because of the experiences. Like Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said, but they won't forget how they felt when you said it same thing sure well that's that's very succinct is is um uh, it's it's spot on in regard to what uh, i think uh, the audience needed to hear um you've been with um vector since march of this year that's right so it's been less than a year and sounds like you're making outstanding strides um i want to get you back on the show to see where you are a year or so from now and um if not sooner to uh, continue this conversation because this is um it's been a good um look into your career how you've progressed to where you are now, and quite frankly, I think that uh, you know Vector uh, Talent Resources made the right decision to get you on board. Jim, um, thank you. Well, thank you for being on the show, and um, we're going to wind down the show now. It's been um, my pleasure to uh, host the Secret Sauce Show with uh, Hector Velez, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Vector Talent Resources, and uh, I look forward to having him back because I know he's going to be doing some outstanding things and continue the successful career he's had. So, Hector, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Jim. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.